0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In this time of uncertainty related to the pandemic, social unrest, and global violence, we can begin to ask, where's God? Pastor J.D. assures us today that God is still on the throne and in fact everything is happening according to his plan. He needs to disturb point A, this life, to get Christians to point B, eternity with him. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 2nd, 2020.
1: I am keenly aware that even as I speak from behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, that I'm speaking to some here locally that have lost your job, your livelihood. I know many online. If the numbers I'm reading are the same numbers you're reading, and if there's an accuracy to those numbers than just by virtue of those numbers there are many that are watching this and it's not looking very good. I do want to encourage you God will always provide and he will do so in ways that perhaps you could have never imagined. He will provide from an unseen treasury in ways that you could have never dreamed of. He will always provide. He will always take care of his own. I am of the belief that the world economy is on the brink of a total financial collapse. It's just a matter of time. I am also of the belief that the Middle East is on the brink of an all-out war. This is exactly what we were told would happen in Scripture. Numerous prophecies in the Bible speak to this happening yet future. I would argue that COVID-19 is the way everything will be brought down in order to reboot what's being dubbed as the great reset for a brave new world order. Their words, their words. While I realize that what I'm about to say might be difficult for some to grasp, I say it nonetheless. God is the one that is allowing all of this to happen. Keep in mind, and this is very important, and this is where a lot of Christians get into a lot of trouble concerning their relationship with a loving God. The devil is God's devil. The devil is not God's equal. The devil is not omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. He is a created being. He is limited. And he can only do that which God will allow him to do. And God will never allow the devil to do anything unless in the end it serves his ultimate purpose and is for his glory his kingdom, and our good. The devil can do no thing. Wait a minute, Pastor, what what are you saying here? God's allowing all this? Yeah. God is allowing all of this to happen. Everything is going perfectly according to God's prophetic plan. Now this brings up a question. And it's the why question why is God allowing all of this to happen good question I believe there are two reasons first for the Christian God is allowing our lives in this world (laughs) to become so miserable and intolerable that we won't want to stay here any longer God is allowing this to happen so that we 'll want to get to Alexandria, our final destination as quickly as possible, because this is so miserable and intolerable. I have to confess I know i 've shared this before i 'm just being open and candid with you and um, transparent, but you know, my wife was born and raised Kailua girl we met in the on the mainland. 34 years ago. (laughs) Wow, that was a long time ago. (laughs) And we moved here in 2003 to start this church. And, you know, they say you can take the girl out of Kailua, but you can't take the Kailua out of the girl. So I brought her back. You know, not that I'm a martyr for the cause. (laughs) You know, sure God called you to go to Hawaii and start a church. (laughs) To which I was like, here am I, Lord. Send me. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. (laughs) You know, I have to say, and I don't want to come off like a Debbie Downer. but the sun doesn't quite shine as bright as it once did. The beach isn't as beautiful as it once was. And that's a good thing. Because to me it's, I believe, God's way of saying, you know, if you're too comfortable down here, you're not going to want to leave. It's only when things become uncomfortable and miserable and intolerable as they are, that's when you want to leave. In high school I was a teacher's kid. My father was uh, a teacher. He was my teacher. And uh, made me call him Mr. Frog. And I rebelled. I got suspended almost expelled, almost didn't graduate. High school for me was horrible. And it doesn't help when the teachers say, hey, your high school years are the best years of your life. I'm I'm sitting here going, this is it? This is as good as it gets? This is the best it's ever going to be? Well, it's all downhill from here on out. But I just... I couldn't wait to get out. Couldn't wait to graduate. Had a teacher, not a Christian, took me aside. This was the Lord. You know, the Lord can speak through non-Christians, by the way. You know that, yeah? This was the Lord. Before I had come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at age 19, after I graduated, this teacher took me aside and said, listen, if your high school years... We're so good you would never want to graduate. It's because you're a teacher's kid, and because things are not good, you're going to be one of those that after you graduate, phew, you're going to be off and running. You're going to hit the ground running. And she talked about many of her students over the years that you no, know, those were the best years of their lives, and they still lived in their past. They never graduated. They never moved on. They never wanted to. It was too good. It was great. This is why, and you'll forgive me, I, I still struggle with the whole make America great again. Because when, when and if, our lives here on earth are so great, then eternity is not. You've heard it said that God comforts the afflicted. Have you also heard it said that God will afflict the comfortable? You know, God has a problem. Not that God has problems, but for lack of a better way of saying it, the problem God has, well we're the problem. The problem is He wants to get us from the proverbial point A to point B. But the problem is we're way too cozy and comfortable in point A and we're not even thinking about point B. It's not even on the table. So what's God going to do to get us to even consider point B? let alone move us to point B. (laughs) He's really good at this. He disrupts point A. He disturbs point A. He allows difficulty and hardship in point A. And then here we are in point A going, God, what are you doing? Oh, I have your attention now, don't I? Yeah, what? Uh, I want you over here. And the only way I can get you here is to get you to let go of here. You see where I'm going with this, right? Would you believe me if I told you that since this crisis hit, there have been multitudes, we'll never know this side of glory, multitudes of people that have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of this. And I, let me take it even further, so many Christians have come back to the Lord, gotten serious about the things of the Lord because of this. That's why God's allowing it, for the Christian. Well, there's the other side of it too, sadly and conversely. For those who are not Christians, their lives will become so miserable and intolerable too, but they will be left behind and will do anything to get back a semblance of normalcy. What's being dangled before them is this yet future vaccine that is their golden ticket. You want your life back. You don't want to have to wear a mask. You don't want to have to social distance. You want your job back, your life back, your freedom back. This is how. And and it's ironic because they call it new normal, which is a paradox of paradoxes. Because if it's new, it's not normal. If it's normal, it's not new. New normal. Over the last four months... I have learned so much from so many of you particularly online members that have sent me really good information to inform me because when, when this first happened we really didn't know what we were dealing with right and then as more information started coming out we began to realize what's really going on this is an agenda And God's allowing it. And by the way, I would probably be grossly remiss were I not to say that if you still believe that life as we once knew it is going to return, I'm sorry to tell you, it will never return to the way it was. We passed that point of no return, really (laughs) months ago, actually. Our lives here in this world will never be as they were prior to this. I've done my best, particularly over the last four months, to provide you with the significance of all that's happening through the lens of God's prophetic word. And for the benefit of those who maybe weren't with us, I would really encourage you to go back starting with the March 29th prophecy update. And then the updates that followed and ensued as well. We went very in depth into all the patents how there's this agenda. It was pre-planned for this global reset by way of the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. This has been in the works for years. I remember one update I quoted from a report from a Rockefeller Foundation scenario, future scenario. In 2010, Everyone has to wear a mask. 2010, 10 years ago. Hello? Everybody has to wear a mask. Everybody has to social distance. We're going to have surveillance. 10 years ago. It's, it reads like a script. And it's exactly what's happening today. And it's happening. It's really happening. Over the last 14 years, I've done my best. Again, I'm going somewhere with this, so bear with me. I've done my best in doing these weekly Bible prophecy updates to keep you apprised of the lateness of the hour, the urgency of the times in which we are living. In fact, it was 2006, and I remember it very clearly. It was the year our daughter Noel died. And I just had this sense, And it was two years before Barack Obama was elected president, and I just had this sense from the Lord that I was to begin teaching Bible prophecy and talking about the end times. And the sense I had from the Lord was that we were entering into a period of human history that was the likes of which we had never seen before and would never see again. I mean, here we are 14 years later. If you would have told me, I have to admit, this this really blindsided me. Because, you know, I'm, I'm too close to the Tree to see the forest, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably how it's going to go down, and then boom, out of nowhere, I'm like, whoa, maybe it's not, <laughs> maybe this is it. I mention this because I truly believe with all my heart that we are now closer to the rapture of the church than any of us could possibly even begin to imagine. Pastor, you've been saying that for 14 years. I know. But we're actually closer because every day makes us one day, I know that's deeply profound, but that's... So during my time with the Lord this last week, I, I was praying about and actually, planning to talk about the rapture sometime in the early fall. But the reason I'm doing this today is because everything is happening so fast. Simply put, the scenario that seems to be swiftly playing out. Please listen to me and hear this. It's the sudden rapture for us and the sudden destruction for them. And if you're anything like me, nothing is off the table. Let me explain what I mean by that. (laughs) It's like anything goes now. And if we took anything off the prophetic table, we would do well to get it back on the table and revisit it, especially when it comes to Scripture and prophecy in the Bible. Prior to this crisis, we viewed Bible prophecy differently than we do now. Would you agree? And I think rightfully, it has caused us, forced us to revisit many of the scriptures in the Bible, these prophetic passages. One such passage for me personally is First Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to read verses 1 through 5. I had to put this back on the table, blow the dust off of it, as it were, and revisit it. Paul is writing, in the context of the rapture, And he says, verse 1, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, now, in the original language of the Greek New Testament, that word safety is the Greek word asphalia, and it can be translated security or safety. So let's go with safety. Peace and safety. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. Sudden destruction. You know the thing about sudden destruction? It's sudden. Again, I know very profound. And then Paul really echoing the Savior Himself draws upon the analogy of a woman in labor with birth pains. And He says the destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And I want you to listen very carefully to what He says next. And He says, and they, they, key word, will not escape. The implication being is that there will be some who do. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? But you, he says, they will not escape, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. So that this day should surprise you like a thief. I mean, (laughs) I know it's a, a, a Jewish idiom, but Think about this this whole thing of a thief in the night. Have you ever had a thief text or call and say, "Hey, I want to." Is two a.m. good for you? It's the element of surprise. This day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Notice the delineation, the distinction between we and they. In chapter 4, we just talked about it. The, the chapter prior, again in the context of the rapture, he says, we who were alive and remain. Not they, we will be caught up. They won't. Dare I say, we Will escape the coming wrath.
0: The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor JD's weekly Mideast east Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.